0: This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com.
1: In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast.
0: We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Ah.
2: Welcome to Cosmic Potato. Um, postmodern jukebox. Oh yeah, they're awesome. No. Um, I I watched, uh, one where they did, um, uh, like a 20s version of the theme from Pinky and the Brain.
3: Yes, huh. that's a great one. They're, they're a group that they, they take modern hits and then they record them in the style of like 1920s, 1930s, big band era kind of stuff.
2: Well, they're not all and, modern. They do some classic rock and they do some, 80s hip hop sometimes but you know. more
3: modern than 1920
2: oh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they did like this 20s version of the pinky and the brain theme and they had the original voices Maurice LaMarch and uh, Rob Paulson they mm-hmm. were in the back like as the bartenders at the club that they were and they would sing a little bit and they would they would stop and then they would just kind of show them banter back and forth as if they were pinky and the brain suddenly in human form or whatever <laughs> So. There's a
3: great one with uh, Wayne Brady singing, and I can't remember what song it was, but it's
2: just yeah, I remember seeing him. Amazing! On there. It seems like it was a Michael Jackson song that it he. Mi- was, it
3: it might have been, yeah,
2: that he was singing in
3: um, some kind but of. But there's they're well worth a Google. Look up uh, postmodern jukebox. They've yeah. got a, you know,
2: and they do all dozen, kinds of different a, a dozen, styles.
3: Dozens of videos, and they're all amazing.
2: They don't always do like twenties. They'll, they'll do like sometimes they'll do forties. Sometimes they'll do sixties. They've got this one singer that I, I can't remember her name but she is a very talented um like a bluesy jazzy new orleans style singer and i know she did um what's the what's the guns and roses song that i'm trying to think of sweet sweet child, child of, mine. of mine she did sweet child of mine in the uh, like a new orleans style you know yeah i've, I've seen really I, I
3: hate so goddamn much that I just can't watch
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Brandon says that they, uh, Lamarche and Paulson did a pinky in the brain. Who's on first? <laughs> I have to look that up.
3: <laughs> yeah, you, You're seating, you're seeing comments. I'm not. Oh, what if I click the, there we go. Yeah. Oh, I can see hey, Brandon.
2: Brandon, we have room. If you want to come on, we're going to be talking about, um, movies and TV shows that were either filmed in or set in Texas. And a little bit later on, yes. we're going to, th- <laughs> and a little bit later on, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about the news of strange new worlds and stuff like that. So
3: I, am hoping tonight cheers me up. I just had a, okay. Let, let me ask you, Sean, you're a parent. Um, Virgin you don't have kids, right?
4: I have a, uh, 21 year old stepdaughter.
3: Okay, did, did you deal with her as a, as a young child? Yes. Oh, okay, good. Then, may, then maybe you can both help me out with this. Sharon likes to do things like give neck farts and pokes and, and stuff like that. But, like, if I do it back, if I'm playing along with her, she leaps like a goddamn shrimp trying to escape a, a shark. And, like, I was just hugging her goodnight, and I went to give her a neck fart because she's been doing that to me, like, all goddamn week. And she like the last time this happened, she knocked a bowl of cereal like off, not just off the table, but like into the air because she's just like overreacted. Yeah. And this time she launched herself into a wall and hurt her back on, on plugs in the wall and stuff. Ouch. And oh no. And it, it's just and and I, you know, I just had enough and I kind of went off on her about you know you've got to stop doing this and so kind of left us both in a bad mood so i mean have y'all ever had to deal with
2: that it just kind of sounds like a phase that she's going through Mm because my daughter you know and my son too they go through they went through phases of you know this is this is something that i do now you know and it might be my son went through a phase of every time he walked down the hall he had to climb up the wall all the way to the ceiling Cause it's like he would put his feet on one wall and his back on the other wall and he would climb up. And it was like every single time he walked down the hall, he couldn't do it without going all the way to the ceiling. I'm like, stop doing that. You're going to break your neck, you know? And he did it for about two or three months or whatever. And then he was just bored with it and he didn't do it anymore. You know? So it I may guess. just be one of those things. And
4: Yeah. Mine definitely went through a phase of, of I can do this, but you can't do this. This is my thing that I do to you, but you can't do it to me.
2: Okay,
3: I hadn't really thought of it that way, but okay. Yeah. I got her a great book today though. Well, it came in today. I ordered it, uh, last week. It's a, it's an activity book, a pen, you know, for, it's a, it's, it's actually for preschoolers, but it's an activity book with penmanship, right? You know, stuff like that and and coloring. F is for farts. (laughs) And it's all like animals farting all through the book.
2: My wife used to get so mad at me because, um, when my daughter was little, we went to the library and I checked out a book to read to her that was called, um, uh, I can't remember the dog's name, but it was something, the farting dog, like Barney, the <laughs> farting dog or something like that. And the story was just the story. And there was like three of these books. So I checked out one like every week, three weeks in a row. And the story Yeah, and the stories were all always had something to do with one. One of the stories was that uh, the family had all been kidnapped, and only the dog could rescue them. And he rescued them through the power of his farts. You know, he knocked out the kidnapper with his farts or something like that. You know, it's just a silly little story. She's like, "Stop reading that stuff to her. I don't want her repeating all that." Look. How
4: how old is your daughter?
2: Well, now she's, she's 18. eighteen. You know, this is when she was like <laughs> oh, six oh, or seven, something like
4: that. No, I met you too, Rick.
2: Oh, uh, she she's eight. Yeah, she'll
3: she'll
4: be I, nine in August. I just got um my nephew who is just about to turn nine. No, he just did turn nine. Um, for his birthday, a book called The Big Book of Farty Facts. I can send you the link to it if you think she would be interested, because apparently it was a big hit.
3: She would love it. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) You know, back in the late nineties, when I was working at the Duncan Theater in Lake Worth, Florida, if any of y'all are familiar with it, um, we had, we, we used to have a bunch of dance companies come through. um, And I, I, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember the name of the company. They're from San Francisco and they were touring the country with the production of the Velveteen rabbit. And this was a a ballet company doing the Velveteen rabbit as a ballet to try to get kids interested in, in, you know, classical arts. Um,
1: ah,
2: there it is. Sorry, Mike. How's it
1: going? Brandon. Through my office
2: door.
3: Okay. (laughs) Um, I like the plastic. Are you a serial killer in your off time? Yes.
1: I have to be able to <laughs> clean it up very easily. No, I, uh, I podcast from my attic. Ah,
3: okay. We, we don't do those in Florida attics and basements. We don't have,
1: Oh, in um, the summertime, it gets to like 105 okay. degrees up. That's there, why so. we don't
3: have them because oh, all year round, it's hellish. There's the maybe two weeks where you could go up into the rafters of the house without dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this company had this one bit where the, the the lead character like laid down on the ground with his back to the audience, and then he, he like lifted his butt up. And every not every not not every night, every day because we we did like a week of morning shows because of kids, uh, they would lose their minds. And their the the company's motto was butts are funny, <laughs> and I didn't really get that until Sharon turned about five. And now I understand anything to do with butts. She, we, she's she's picked up photography. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures I posted mm-hmm. on Facebook, yeah. but mm-hmm. she wanted to start taking pictures, and so I have an old digital camera that, well, old. It's you know like four years old. Um, that you know because we all have these now. We don't need a separate camera, and it's been sitting in a in a drawer. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. If you want to take pictures. There is no film to worry about, so here you go. And in the last two months, she's taken over a thousand pictures. Yeah, and, wow. Um, probably a third of them are dog butts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, so uh, tonight we're going to talk about uh, movies and TV shows that were filmed, either filmed or took place in Texas. Before we get into that, I wanted to talk about a couple of, um, I, I say news stories, but it's really just uh, opinions. So, and Brandon, I'm glad you came on because you probably know more about this than I do. The, uh what is that face? You made a face <laughs> and you froze that way. <laughs> See, your mother was right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Oh, he said his power just dropped. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh no! You got to do a screen, t- take a screenshot. He's
4: gonna,
2: <laughs> he may be stuck like that in the live stream for until he comes back. Um, okay. I just took a,
3: stream, a screenshot of it just
2: to show him. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Well, while he while he's coming back, we'll talk about something else. So, I wanted to, to bring up a couple of things that I've watched over the last week or so, Uh and see. Uh, See if you guys have. I don't know if you guys have watched. it. Have you? You guys watched the show upload from uh, Amazon Prime yet? Seen y'all um, talking about it. I haven't. Yeah, watched Shane
4: it. was telling me about it, but we haven't watched it. Or I haven't. He might have.
2: I really liked it, and it's only ten half-hour episodes. Well, the first episode is like forty-five minutes, but then the rest of them are all ten. It, and it's made by the same uh, Greg Daniels that did The Office. Oh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So if you, I mean, if you like The Office, it, this is kind of like. The Office and The Good Place kind of mixed together. So
3: Ooh, Two shows I watched the first episode of and we went, nope.
2: <laughs> man, I've been re-watching The Office lately. I mean, I just started watching it uh, the other night just on a whim. I just put it on, and before I knew it, I was in season three. I love okay. that show.
3: Here's my deal with The Office. I'm not saying it's a bad show, but I have never worked in an office. So
2: I've never worked nine, in that kind of office, but it's just well, –
3: I've I've never, you know, I've been the the closest I've ever come to a, you know, a regular normal 9 to 5 job like that is working for a printer for like 1 year. Uh and even then half of that year I was on the road driving deliveries. So that whole world is so alien to me that none of the jokes landed.
2: Oh, I I I think just Steve Carell's performance yeah. uh it's just hilarious and so cringy because he's it's
4: definitely cringy. Yeah. Oh my He's God, never so doing crazy. the
2: right thing. He never does the right uh-uh. thing. He always says the wrong thing and it's hilarious.
3: <laughs> okay. See, that, that's also, that's not like a lot of my British friends have tried to get me to watch a lot of British sitcoms. Now, okay. First of all, sitcom and I don't generally get along. I don't, as a rule, I, you know, mash. All in the Family, you know. Okay, the, the the stuff I that was on when I was a kid, I don't know that that really counts because it's like, you know, we don't we didn't have any choice. So I watched sitcoms as a kid, Mash and All in the Family, this, the the uh, Sanford and Son, uh, the Jeffersons, One Day at a Time, all of that stuff. But like uh, Friends, I watched one episode because I was stuck on an airplane. It was the only thing that was on there that I could think I could tolerate. Hang on a second. Yes, baby. Mm-hmm. Night, night. Yeah. Okay, good night. Yeah. Hang on, let me turn up the speaker so y'all can. That's okay, right. right.
2: Good night good Sharon. Night. Hi Sharon. Good night. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs> okay. Good night, if, you,
3: if you're going to talk, you can talk. But if you're just going to sit here and stare at the screen,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're live in front of oh, two young people.
3: You're shy. <laughs> now you're shy. This is the child who will go up to strangers in the mall and give them their, her entire biography, yeah. mine and the dogs. Yeah. But now she's shy. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, sweetheart.
0: Good Go on. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, she knows how to make an exit.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Um,
3: was I talking real? <laughs> yeah, you were talking about friends. You're,
2: I don't think oh, you're oh, really friend, friend. the, you're not really the, the demographic for friends. Friends no, does not, not
4: hold up well at all. Uh,
2: no, no, it doesn't. It's, st- I, I'm, I can still laugh at it. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's certain things that happen in friends. I was telling my wife the other day because we were watching it, it just happened to be on and we started watching it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you ever notice that they don't have any friends that aren't white? <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think that they would make that show now and not have any people of color. in it.
0: <laughs>
2: but
3: like the big bang theory, um, I had to be forced, uh, literally, uh, my friend Dave, we were at his house for a 4th of July party and it was like nine o'clock. We were all, we were all crashing there. So we were all drunk and stuff. <laughs> And and he's like, all right, we're going to watch this. And he put on The Big Bang Theory. I was like, oh. (laughs) And we watched a couple episodes. And then when I left the next morning, he put the box set of the first season in my hands. He said, take this home and watch it. Mm -hmm. And And to his credit, he was right. I got hooked. And right up until the seventh season, I binged The Big Bang Theory. But then... Round the time Sheldon went walkabout and ended up in a train station in his underwear is when I started losing, t- losing interest. Oh, he's back. Um, hey. hey,
2: Brandon, welcome back. Well, I don't think Uh-oh. that you have to, to, I don't think that you have to like all of something to no. to be a fan of it.
3: No. And I don't, I don't, you know, I, I enjoyed what I did at the Bing, ba- Bing, bang,
2: b- Bing, bang, <laughs> Bing, bang, Bing, bang, the Bing, bang, Bing, theory. Theory.
3: <laughs> bang, um, I really don't feel any guilt about not finishing the series. What I, you know, I, I, but anyway, the point is then everybody was raving about the good place. And I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I watched the first episode. And as soon as it became clear, she was going to lie her ass off about being where she shouldn't be. That's when I went, fuck another sitcom. I'm done. Sorry.
2: No, yeah. But the good, good place, the good place, oh, you is... got, you got
1: to get through the first season. You got to, You've and got you got, and, and that's the thing. I'm too goddamn old for you got to get through the first season. No, no. I would
4: say, I would say at least watch this. Cause the first episode I was like, man, I don't know about this, but I got like to the second and third episode and I'm like, okay, I'll give it a few more episodes. And like, before I knew it, season one was over and I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Is this what's happening? So, yeah.
2: Well, the good place is yeah. different because it's not at all formulaic. They do not follow the formula that they think you, that you think they're about to go right and they go left. And it's a, okay. and, and each season is only around 12 or 14 episodes. So it's not a, it's not like a 22 episode season that you have to invest in. And they're yeah. only 22 A good, minutes good long. Place
1: is So much better than Big Bang. Yeah, so much okay. better.
3: And and then I had the like Parks and Rec. Everyone raved about that. I, I I think I finished the first episode, and everyone's like, "Oh, just just go to the second
1: second season." I'm like, well, I can't do that either. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm
1: gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it from the first season.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've never I've never yeah, watched, watched all of Parks and Rec. And Rec. Yeah, but The Office. I, I love The Office. So. Especially the I, up until time I have then, very
4: unpopular opinions about the office. No. <laughs>
3: well, the, the office is to to me the office and Downton Abbey are in the same category in that I can recognize that it's a well done show. I was but say, it's I don't know where this
2: is going. <laughs> <I> mean, okay, <laughs> like I I, watch, I watched
3: the first episode of Downton Abbey, and at the end of it, oh dog butt. <laughs>
1: um, See, it's funny. <laughs>
3: yeah. At, at, at the end of it, I was like, "Yeah, that was a really good show that I have absolutely no desire to watch anymore." Of
2: yeah, Sherry is a huge. She loves Downton Abbey, but she likes all of those uh, British period piece type movies and shows and stuff. So that was right up her alley. We went to the theater and saw the movie. But I'm sorry, <laughs> but Brandon, I wanted <laughs> since you're on, I wanted to ask about the the uh, the Snyder cut. So the Snyder cut of the Justice League is being announced that it's coming out to uh HBO Max next year and it's something that's been rumored for a long time that I never really believed existed <laughs> 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 turns out it does or at least it will I don't think I don't know if they're quite done with it yet but uh
1: here's the weird thing to me like when I, in some interviews that I've read from Snyder years ago now uh that where he's talked about it he mentioned that uh his ending was very different and it was, and it followed a completely different story and it almost even, and it concluded kind of the death of Superman arc, which uh, like not in the way that they did it in the justice league film though. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joss Whedon got writer credit on that, which somebody in the film industry had told me at one point that you need to have contributed to 30% of the film or more to get a writer credit. And he got a writer credit, and so this will be a completely different beast. Um, it's crazy because they're going to have to re-edit and re-ADR a lot of lines, uh, and take a lot of shots that were never done before. So this is going to take this is going to take a lot of money. I, I've heard up to thirty million dollars for them to pay people to edit it, and maybe it's because they can't do anything right now. Maybe they're out of footage. And they want to keep paying editors, and they That's want to yeah. bring people in. Because, I mean, if if they could work on a new project, great, but you can't really work on a new project right now. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. The people who have been calling the loudest for the Snyder Cut, I'm worried to see how this win makes them. I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog was one thing, because that was ostensibly a kid's show. Mm-hmm. But with Snyder Cut, the Snyder Cut bros that have been calling for that, uh, sometimes giving fans the win is not a good thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and what really infuriates me is that I'm going to have to go back and watch the original cut before I watch the Snyder Cut. So I, Because I've only watched the Justice League one time. And I enjoyed I,
1: Justice League. When I went I enjoyed to see it
2: in it. theaters. I enjoyed <laughs> about 65% of Justice League. Uh, it was a good
1: show to eat popcorn to. And, yeah. And it enjoy. didn't suck.
2: It, I hated it was, the, it was
3: fun to watch in the movie, and I completely forgot about it as soon as I left.
2: The The special effects of. What was this? It was a Steppenwolf, right? That was the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he looked like he was from a video game. He did not look, I want to say realistic, but he didn't look like he had to even be a creature. That could have been a guy in a suit. <laughs> you know?
3: You know what? The, the only thing I remember clearly about Justice League is the scene where the flash where, where Superman comes back to life. Sorry for spoiling this film folks. Superman oh, dear, has come back dear. to life I'm... and and he's like freaking out and the flash is trying to run around him and the, and Superman turns and looks at the flash and the flash realizes he can see him and the look on, on the dude that plays the flash's face. That was the best scene in the whole movie to me, which showed me that the dude that's playing the flash could, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it showed me that I could enjoy a, a Flash movie starring that kid, even though if it's not Grant Gustin, I, I'm not happy about that. But that's a whole other discussion. Um, yeah, but you don't watch that anymore either. So <laughs> Well, yeah, it, it it got boring after four seasons of doing the same <laughs> shit over and over. I should talk
1: to them. No, I'll keep this a secret. Secrets have never done anything to hurt us.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh did you guys see the meme this week you know cuz they they announced that Ruby Rose is not going to be in season 2 of uh Batwoman and Her right it got to really suck if she watches facebook at all cause I saw, that was just that was mean the, the the meme was that uh you know they they showed the announcement ruby rose is not going to be on season 2 of uh Batwoman and then below it <laughs> it had uh reverse flash talking to flash and said What'd you do, Barry? <laughs> oh, I didn't
3: see that. I just yeah. saw lots of people going, "Oh, good," or, or you know, variations of "Bye bye, don't let the door hit you on the ass." On the way I out.
2: cannot uh, give a recommendation one way or the other because I haven't watched any of Batwoman. I saw I her in the two uh, crossovers that she was in, but I've seen Ruby Rose in other stuff, and I don't have a problem with her. And w- she
1: was not happy with the production. She got seriously injured, like almost like a few more inches could have been paralyzed. Oh, really? And, really? Yeah. She,
0: sorry. Well,
3: she went I out of her way to say this has nothing to do with that, which makes me absolutely sure it has everything to do with that.
2: Yeah. I just know how happy she was that she had gotten the part originally because she had a very emotional response to it. And it just makes me sad that she's just leaving after the first season.
3: Well, but. these you know, the the thing is, you know, it's it's kind of like people giving Chris Eccleston cre- uh, crap for leaving Doctor Who after one season. Yeah, you know, we were disappointed. I was because I really enjoyed him as Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but later on when you find out that he was absolutely miserable in the role, you know, how many ha- have you ever had a job that you loathed every day that going to work was was so painful? Yeah. Um and for us, it's usually just emotional
2: painful. She got her ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> Did I see an announcement that he's coming back for a special? I doubt it. I think... No, no I, I
1: don't think you... Are, I, I don't think he... Maybe a Big Finish audiobook?
2: Yeah. I, I remember seeing a poster. See it may have been a fan-made poster. I saw a poster that had him and Tennant and Smith all on the same poster.
3: No, that will... That'll never happen. <laughs> I guarantee you that'll never happen. Um, okay. Let's... Let let me me rephrase that before we go on. Unless the BBC is willing to pay a hell of a lot more than they've ever paid anyone,
1: that's never going (laughs) to happen.
2: You know what? Y'all talk for a minute and I will see if I can Google it. Okay.
1: So I know that Jodie Whittaker, who is the current doctor, really would like to work with him and have him back. she said things to that effect in the past as well. But, okay, this is just this is just my rant. Fanboys ruin everything. Yeah, and uh, Jody Whittaker's taking a lot of heat. Uh, Ruby Rose, like we were just talking about, they are, fanboys are the worst. Mm-hmm.
3: I you know I I loved Chris Eccleston. I was you know being American and at the time I was living in Louisiana, so I didn't even realize that there had been a gap in Doctor Who production. And then there was like all this, you know, big, you know, Doctor Who's coming back, and they said Chris Eccleston, and I was like, I have no idea who that is. But my wife and I, we were—I think we'd been married all of two years, maybe not even that long. And you know, we, she is, she is, we're both nerds. You know, I, 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 I won the lottery with wives because I married a nerd, <laughs> but she, she's a fantasy nerd and I'm a sci-fi nerd, and so. Our nerdism rarely intersects. Uh, and Doctor Who is one of the areas where we, we both like the same stuff. And so we watched Doctor Who together. We watched Battlestar Galactica together. But, like, she she didn't watch The Expanse with me because she's not into hard sci-fi. She, I didn't watch uh, the Oz movies with her because I'm, you know, or, or, oh, that was, what was, did they, did they do the, um, oh, shit, what are those Cherry Brooks in books that I can't stand.
1: Oh, uh, Wheel of Time, Shannara, Shannara, oh, Shannara. Yeah, they did. Shannara. Yeah, she, they
3: did. They did a, they did a couple of seasons of that. I, I didn't and like those. I, I had, you know, you you go enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I read like the first Shannara book because my brother wanted me to, and I was like, I think Tolkien did it better. This is, you know, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, our 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 nerdisms kind of orbit each other, but we don't usually intersect. Um, and so Doctor Who is one area where we do. And so we both loved Eccleston and this was, you know, a few years before the internet was everywhere. Uh, and so at the end of, of season one, then we're getting, we get David Tennant and we're like, uh-huh, why? And, you know, and you don't fight out for years and years and years. Uh, and so for years, I thought Eccleston was just a diva or something. And, and then, you know, later you find out that just he and and, uh, and Davies just did not get along and the production crew and he didn't get along.
2: I uh, also heard that he almost had like a nervous breakdown around that time, that period in his life, too. So he
3: kind of yeah, disappeared yeah. from
2: everything for a while because the next yeah, thing that we saw health. him in, I think, was G.I. Joe after he left Doctor Who. So. Look,
3: the next thing we saw him in, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. But it's also like, you know, for years, I thought uh, um, Robert Beltran was like a, a whiny diva. And then you find out life on the Voyager set was not all <laughs> wine and roses either. Um, so
2: I'm waiting know, for that
3: documentary. To...
2: So the story yeah. that I saw is that they're, uh, they're creating something called Time Lord Victorious. And it's supposed to be a multi-platform thing that includes audiobooks, magazines, comic books, and more. And, uh-huh. but Christopher Eccleson and, um, Billy Piper are returning to that. And I think David Tennant. And who's the guy that played, uh, the Doctor in the American movie, The Eighth Doctor?
1: Paul we began. Speak of that.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think <laughs> Oh, gonna... that
1: was, that was fun. I was a teenager when that came out. It was fun.
2: <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> you know? uh, no. Yeah, no. he's going to be in it too, or he's supposed to be in it. So.
1: Okay. Yes. I, I did
3: hear about that. And when I saw it, it was across like what you, you, y'all you know my feelings about. If you have to read a comic book and listen to a TV, a radio show and watch a TV show in order to understand what's going on in your movie, no.
2: <laughs> I'm fine with it if it's uh, if it's something that's created to be that way. If they if they create a comic series just to fill in gaps that they know that they cut out of a movie, that the movie's not going to make any sense without it. I'm again, I don't like that. You yeah, know. but mixed uh,
1: media narratives. Yeah,
3: well, like I paid on your recommendation, sir, Mister Ray. <laughs> I paid comic comicsology for the to to read the the four Picard uh (laughs) comics and pardon me but you what the 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 synopsis you gave in the first episode where we talked about it pretty much covered the whole goddamn
2: thing yeah well i told you at the time i said you, you don't have to read this to understand what's going on it's just something that's out there that i read that you know
3: and, and, Dude, but i thought it would it? like flesh something out and it didn't
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right let's go to texas
0: so uh
2: so we're going to talk I love about san antonio just just saying that i've spent a lot of time in san antonio <laughs> and
3: it's a wonderful city
2: <laughs> i've only been to texas one time in my life and it was um, several years ago but um it's a very big state it, it is yeah. I've i was driven across it. And yeah, it
3: takes forever.
2: Yeah. I mm-hmm. was, in, I, I flew to Dallas and then we caught another plane and flew down to Colleen So we were just about in the center of the state. Mm-hmm. And then my brother was being deployed that week. So I was supposed to drive his car back to Birmingham because his wife mm-hmm. and his uh, son were going to be staying in this area while he was gone. And from the center of Texas to the Texas state <laughs> line, was half the trip back. It was just six, yep. it was six hours to the state line and then another six hours from the state line back to my house. You
4: it's know, 12 so. hours across from El Paso to Beaumont and it's 12 hours up and down from like Amarillo to
2: Brownsville. Wow. Yeah. That's a big state. <laughs> okay. It's very big. Uh, back in ni- in, uh,
3: 1999, I think it was, uh, my then girlfriend who I was living with at the time, we lived in West Palm Beach, Florida. So that's, Eighty miles north of Miami, on the east coast of Florida, uh, she had a bunch of her sister's stuff. Her sister lives in Terlingua, Texas. Do you <laughs> do you know where that is, Virginia?
4: I don't know offhand, but I it's I think a big chili cookoff place. Exactly, they have a big yes.
3: that's their claim to fame is they have a big chili thing every year. It's in the southwest western corner of Texas, right on the Mexico border.
4: Okay, in, in okay. the
3: Chihuahua Desert, right around Big Bend.
4: Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar with that area at all, really.
3: <laughs> and we drove there because oh god, she had a. so we rented a pickup truck and packed up all her sister's stuff and drove there. It took four and a half days to get there. That's and yeah. ungodly. <laughs> and then we were there for like three or four days, and then four and a
2: half days back, and then
3: we broke up shortly
2: thereafter. <laughs>
4: Well, yeah, you spend nine days in a car with somebody.
2: <laughs> you really get to know him. You better know him before you go on that trip.
3: <laughs> but uh, I mean, it the, the Chihuahua Desert. It's a desert, but it's not like Tatooine. It's all rocks. It's all like mm-hmm. broken rocks and tall and tall cactuses and stuff. And it was re- it was really interesting. Um, and driving through Texas, I mean, it's a lot of nothing, but it's a lot of gorgeous nothing. Um, although I did get pulled over as we were leaving, um, we were on this road. It was just us, you know. I could have tied off the steering wheel and gone to sleep. It was just this, you know,
2: <laughs> straight road, just flat, yeah,
3: at a, in the middle of nowhere. But I was probably doing ninety miles an hour and didn't realize it. And we got pulled over, and the the, the state trooper comes up and he's like, "Or you know, is there something wrong?" <laughs> and I, and the only thing I could think to say was the truth. I said, I was so into the scenery, I wasn't paying attention to how fast I was going. And he went back and he ran my plate, you know, and saw it was a rental and ran my, ran my license. I, you know, I, I've had one moving violation in my entire driving career, so. He came back up he said pay attention slow down have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like getting getting pulled over in Texas is probably not a good thing but it, it went well. Um, it's a gorgeous state. I've I uh you know my first trip to San Antonio wasn't the best cuz that's where Air Force basic training is. Mhm. Uh, at uh, Lackland Air Force Base. So I can't say I saw San Antonio <laughs> while I was there at that point. But then I also went back for, uh, some, some training later on where I was no longer in basic training. So I was able to actually enjoy the town, the river walk. Have you ever been to San Antonio, Virginia?
4: Oh, of course. I've been a ton of times. Yeah. Okay.
3: Never made it to the Alamo, but. I understand it's rather underwhelming, so I wasn't too
0: upset.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Shane was pretty underwhelmed by it when we went there. That <laughs> When when he first moved down here from Ohio, um, we, we did some of the sites here in Austin. And then um, last year around this time, he's a big Penn & Teller fan, and they were doing a show at the Majestic Theater in San Antonio. He had never been. So I'm like, well, we'll go down and make a weekend of it. We'll do the Riverwalk. We'll do the Alamo and all this stuff. And we got to the Alamo and he's like, I thought it would be much bigger and I'm like, Nope, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the
2: size of a seven eleven, isn't it? <laughs> and there's it's, like a and there's well like a it. McDonald's across the street.
4: <laughs> there's like the space that it the space that is included in the Alamo, like the barracks and all of that, is very big, but the structure itself is pretty small. Um, and it's so there's so much encroachment from the downtown area. It just it feels very claustrophobic and closed in.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I did see Terminator <laughs> Two. John said, no, John, I'm he next. Did not John the, he basement. the basement.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, John, if you're listening, why the hell aren't you on? <laughs> yeah, come on in, John. If you. Um, now, I, I there's an IMAX theater on the Riverwalk, if yes. I'm remembering all right, and I saw Terminator mm-hmm. Two, wow. on a seventy foot screen, which is absolutely freaking awesome.
2: Uh, Virginia, yeah, why don't you start it, us off? What's a what's a, a movie or a TV show that's either made or set in Florida and uh, in Texas that you like?
4: Um, well, kind of, kind of off what Rick was saying, Texas. I think a lot of movies are set and made in Texas because. Because it's so big, it has like a little bit of every sort of environment there is. Like East Texas, you get your piney woods kind of forest sort of situation. Then you have like South Texas coastal plains and then like the hill country and the mountains and then like the great plains as you get up to like Amarillo and stuff. So there's like a lot of, a lot of variety just in locales that you can. <laughs>
2: I'm my picture off the wall. I'm trying
3: to. <laughs> <laughs> nope,
4: too far.
2: <laughs> and it's to- it's backwards the way that I'm seeing it on the screen.
1: Yeah, StreamYard stream doesn't mirror your video, Sean. No,
4: it's very weird. Um,
2: Go ahead, keep talking. I'm
4: trying to fix this. By going like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm to like. Pay you hey, to hey, turn this. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Okay. Um. So, Watch the video,
2: folks, it's hilarious. It's, it's gonna be a little, it's gonna be a little crooked, but that's okay.
4: Um, so yes, I am from Texas. I love Texas. Texans are all proud of being Texan. It's just a thing. Um, my first movie that I'm picking is um an old-timey road trip movie. I think called uh, Lonesome Dove, which starts and ends in Texas, and it's my dad always wanted me to watch this when I was younger and I was very much like, I don't want to watch these stupid <laughs> Westerns with my dad. Oh my God. This is so boring. But um we ended up watching it for um, for our show. Shane and I watched it for Wait You've never seen um, because I had seen it at that point, And I had forgotten how good it was. Frankly, um, it has like, all star cast, you know Rob, Robert Duvall, Tommy Lee Jones play the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Danny Glover, Diane Lane, Angelica Houston, like just pulling out all the stops. And they do make they do make jokes about how long it does take to get out of Texas. Like I think yeah. there's four there's four ninety minute episodes, and I think by the third episode they're finally out of Texas because <laughs> they're on their way to Montana. And it's just a really, like, heart-wrenching story about this these two men who have, like, worked together all of their lives, and um, they want to make something out of themselves and, you know, go make all this money in Montana. But when they get there, it's – I mean, spoiler alert – it's like, you know, they miss Texas, and one of them gets injured and is dying, and, you know, I want my body to be taken back to Texas, and that's kind of how they end up back in Texas. So – it's a really good movie if you like westerns. it's kind of even a really good movie if you don't like westerns um Robert Duvall's Senate in interviews it's like like the Western version of the Godfather. It's like the epitome of western movies, yeah, so that's why I picked that one.
2: I remember seeing it uh and it's been a really long time i I may have watched it when it originally aired because it was a mini series on t v
1: yes nineteen eighty five
2: yeah. Well yeah, so yeah, it wasn't yeah. it was a few years after that before I watched it. I, I must wrote, have right. seen it on videos. Yeah, eighty nine. Uh but it was something that my dad really liked, so I watched it with him. And uh they've had five or six uh sequels <laughs> that have come out since then. Uh, I, think yeah, had, I think they had John Voight a was in the
4: first sequel and I am just like, You sir, are no Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, thank yeah. you very much.
2: They did a series um that had Ricky Schroeder in it.
4: Yeah, he was in the he was in the the first movie and the second movie. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, but yeah, they did a series for a while too. But yeah, the the original Lonesome Dove, I think it stands up. Too. I think it would. It, I think it would hold up. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But being a period piece like that, and being a western, uh, and and the the people that were in it, uh, I think it would probably. You, I mean, you've seen it recently, so.
4: Yeah, within the last year, it, it holds up pretty good and yeah. it, it is pretty stark. I mean, when, when we watch it for Wait You've Never Seen, I always pay attention like for the disability aspects and it's a pretty, a pretty stark view of how if you get injured or, um, mm-hmm. something like that, the real lack of medical anything they had on, you know, frontier towns or whatever. So. I don't know. I just I like it. Sorry, sorry, Dad. I doubted you all these years. It was nominated
1: for eighteen Emmy awards and won seven of them.
4: Wow, that's impressive.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's good. I need to go back and watch that. I haven't seen it in forever. Um, Well, we're quarantined. We
4: have six hours to kill.
2: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) What's the what's it called again? Lonesome Dove. Lonesome
4: Dove. Oh, right, right. Okay, that's the name of the city. It's near where Laredo is. <laughs> Carlos is asking, um,
2: has anybody seen the basement at the Alamo? What's in the basement at the Alamo that everybody's talking about? Is that what they yeah, keep talking like, about? It's like
4: Pee Wee's Playhouse or something oh, like right. that, in, where uh, his injured, bike yeah. is in the basement or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never seen that. Shane was telling me about it when we went to the Alamo. He's like, ooh, you think they'll let me see the basement? And I'm like, I don't think there's a basement <laughs> to the Alamo, okay?
1: All right.
2: Brandon, you want to go next?
1: Sure. So I, uh, based off of a couple quick Google searches here, because I've actually never been to Texas. I've been to a lot, but I've never actually been to Texas. Uh, Battle Angel Alita was filmed in movie. Texas. And this is a movie that I I loved and I was disappointed with at the same time. The, uh, this movie is very faithful to the manga that it was based off of but because of that, it did not lend itself well to be a movie. It should have been like a TV series or something like that. But, no, uh, that I that and I didn't see it. I feel like Elite is one of those films that is a cult classic because nobody saw it in the theaters. And then the people who watched it at home were like, oh, wait, that's pretty good. But I also think with some of that CG, it was probably, like, in the theaters not as good as... It was sitting in my house watching it on a 32-inch TV. No, no. But let me tell you, I am
3: not a manga fan. I am not an anime fan. We saw Alita because my wife wanted to see it. I went in expecting to be bored out of my skull. Like, I have been with just about every... Like, I've watched a few Studio Ghibli movies with her. Ghibli, Ghibli, however you... I don't, I don't know what the right. I think it's Ghibli. Ghibli. It. Um, you know, and she's loved them, and I've been like... Is going on? I am, you know, why is the house walking? Where are these buffaloes from? What the hell, you know? And I dig it. You know, it's it's not my thing. You guys dig it? That's groovy. I loved Alita. I want a sequel. I will, you know. I just the the CG was fantastic. I think I thought. I mean, the story is not anything necessarily revolutionary, but the performances, and I I fell in love with Alita. I just I love the character. I I think the the animators did an, a mag, a magnificent job with her. The the woman who did the mocap I forget her name, but she just was amazing. Um, it got you know really dark
1: at one point. <laughs> a couple points it got pretty dark.
3: Points, yeah, uh, you know which I kind of appreciated from a you know as a as an old fan of Lovecraft. Some of it was like, whoa, that's sick. <laughs> but uh, overall, I was really impressed with the film, and I, I don't, I'm do not i not holding my breath for a sequel because I know it didn't do as well as they wanted it to, but I thought it was a, a, an amazing movie, and I would gladly sit through it again.
2: John said uh, he liked that movie. Worthy live-action translation of anime classic. Would love to see a sequel. Carlos says... It's interesting that after the first trailer they tweak her eyes to be smaller.
1: <laughs> like I said it was a uh it was a faithful adaptation which ended up making some people like that just looks weird because if you can imagine manga and anime characters in real life as they were actually drawn that that would be kind of freaky.
3: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but they made it work. the the anim- that 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 was one of the things that impressed me was like she didn't have like freakishly big eyes. Her eyes looked right in in her face, even though they were unusually large. It just it just worked. And you know when she got her battle chassis installed, I was just like cheering, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> I just I I loved every minute of that movie.
1: I wanted I I would watch an entire movie that was just based off of the sport that she was playing Mm -hmm. like don't give me anything else just give me this give me the sport where she's i mean it's essentially roller derby on steroids yeah Yeah. so i give me that entire movie and i would and i would love just that take away all the political stuff and all the the freedom fighter stuff and just do straight up straight up battle in the rink
2: (laughs) what's your what's your first one rick
3: Oh, it's hard to say. Uh, I went through the list of movies that were filmed in Texas, and there's like, you know, a couple hundred of them, and I've got six (laughs) that I've seen, (laughs) and half of them I don't like. Um, but I was just looking through movies that are set in Texas, and there's one that I really like, although it's, you know, I've only seen it the one time, so I can't really remember the plot too clearly, but Bubba Hotep, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's Bruce Campbell. Um, let me see. Who's the, ca- who's the cast? It's, uh, Bruce Campbell, uh, is playing Elvis Presley, maybe. Uh, Ossie Davis is Jack Kennedy. <laughs> uh, and then the rest are, are just people you'd never heard of. But the, the, the premise is that there's this nursing home in Texas where a guy who says he's Elvis Presley and a guy who says he's Jack Kennedy are living and at least the Elvis Presley guy really is him, maybe. Uh, and an ancient mummy, uh, they have to fight an ancient mummy. And I don't, I don't, re- I'm sorry, I don't remember why or how, but. Uh, I,
1: it, I get it, the impression that this movie, that's not something that matters that much. <laughs> it doesn't.
3: It, it, it. This was at the, at like the peak of Bruce Campbell's popularity. And so it was one of those films that you just you just tune in to watch Bruce Campbell be Bruce Campbell, and
2: don't sweat the details. I think Bruce and, Campbell's always at the peak of his popularity <laughs> because <laughs> because Bruce Campbell has a following that's just everything that he does is going to be about as successful as the last thing that he did. You know, so <laughs> because I, I am a fan, I think yeah. what
1: happens is people meet him. So, new fans come on, yeah. and then people meet him, and then old fans fall off because they're like, eh, he's not that nice of a guy <laughs> he's not that nice of a guy
3: I, really? I've heard just the opposite I mean, okay, when I started podcasting uh, my my uh, my co-host Kennedy, uh, who is a journalist up in Canada, he was like, "Oh, we can get tons of interviews because you know a lot of these people they just want someone to talk to, and boy, was he wrong about that <laughs> 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 um." You know, during the first year, I sent out lots of, Hey, can you, can we interview you on the show? And I got lots of nothing back in return. Campbell was one of the only people who wrote back and said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm busy right now. I can't, you know, I'm not doing any press right now, but like contact me in six months. Um, you know, which I was like, that is but maybe I met him on no that day. Yeah. You know, but that's class, you know, at least tell me no. Yeah. Instead of just ignoring, you know, completely and, and, you know, that impressed me. Um, I, and, you know, it's my own bad. I never like followed up on it because basically when it comes to asking stars for interview, I'm afraid to ask. And then I'm even more afraid they'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I did not realize that army of darkness was a sequel to anything. Uh, they, they marketed it as a separate movie. And I just, I loved it. I had never seen the Evil Dead movies before, so I had no idea who Ash was. I just, I saw Army of Darkness and just really enjoyed it. Um, and I love Bruce Campbell. I've read his book, If Chins Could Kill, is a really fun read. Um, I watched a little bit of of Burn Notice until I realized he wasn't the star
1: and then I stopped watching. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. He stole all the scenes he was in. Yeah. Yes, he
3: did. Yes, he did. Uh, and so when I heard about Bubba Hotep, I had to see it. And I don't think it ever came out in movies. I, I, I saw it on video and I just, it was tons of fun.
2: It was on Netflix for a long time, but it's not there yeah. now. So, um, okay. My first one is a movie from 2003 called Secondhand Lions. <laughs> That had, uh, Michael Kane, Robert Duvall and Haley Joel Osment in it.
1: And it's That fa- was like the end of his cute time, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was still a little kid. He was, I don't know, about 10, something like that. Yeah. Um, he, it's a kind of, a, uh, it's a family friendly film, you know, but, um, Osment plays this kid who's got this terrible mother who wants to spend her time partying and, hanging out and stuff. She doesn't really want to spend her time raising children, you know? So she just drops him off at his uncle's house. He's got these two old bachelor uncles that live out in the, on a farm in Texas. And she just kind of drops him off there and says, here, you keep the kid, you know, and, and leaves him there. And so Michael Kane and Robert Duvall are his uncles. And, um, they're, They're, uh, supposedly everybody thinks that they're rich. They have a fortune buried somewhere. So salesmen are always coming up to their house. And so they spend a lot of their time sitting on their porch shooting at the salesman when they pull up, (laughs) you know, and, um, and so he finally talks them into spending some of their, some, some of their fortune, you know, instead of just letting it sit there. And, uh, they buy a lion because they want to set the lion loose on the farm and hunt it. And then when the lion gets there, it's an old retired circus lion that has no interest in running, you know, so they end up keeping it as a pet, you know, and everything. And it's, it's a pretty good movie. I liked it. Um, but it, yeah, was it was like, was
1: what, this like a Tiger King prequel?
2: No. <laughs> no, that's a completely different thing. This is not the, 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 uh, this is not the, the Carol Baskin uh, origin story or anything like that. <laughs> But I mean, uh,
1: every film has to be a connected universe nowadays. Yeah,
2: but I like this one. I remember, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. It came out in 2003. That's probably when I watched it. Uh, watched it with my wife. And um, there's a scene where they are deciding to keep this lion, and they're trying to figure out what to feed it. And they go to this place and they buy Purina Lion Chow. And I looked it up and <laughs> I looked it up and that's something that actually exists. There is something called like uh, evidently at one time Purina, Purina made a chow for different kinds of animals. Just most people bought like dog chow, you know, because that most people have dogs. But yeah, they make lion chow. They make bear chow and stuff like that. I guess it's, I guess it's to sell the wow. zoos and circuses and stuff like that. But I don't know if they do anymore, but.
1: I can't imagine there would be much volume of that move.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably just the same stuff, just in a different bag. <laughs> it's probably just extra dog chow, and they just put it in a bag and <laughs> label it lion chow or something like that. All right. Virginia, what's next?
4: Uh, my next one is um, Dazed and Confused from 1993.
2: All right, all um, right, all right.
4: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it has a, a bunch of a baby-faced actors who we would probably recognize these days, definitely Matthew McConaughey, uh, where he first utters his all right, all right, all right line and now says all the time, everywhere, on demand. Um, it also has Ben Affleck, very young there, and uh, even uh, Anthony Rapp, who we better know as... Uh, Paul Stamets in Star Trek: Discovery, Mm
0: -hmm.
4: so it's kind of it's a coming of age slash stoner movie. Um, My brother, who lives in Oregon, where I hasten to add, pot is legal. Thank you. um, (laughs) Had never seen it before, and so uh, right around April twentieth, the Stoner National Holiday. Yeah, um, I got on the phone with him, and we watched it over. The zoom or the Skype or something together. And it, some of the, some of the situations are still like, like Matthew McConaughey is an older guy who hits on seniors in high school, possibly younger, which is a little creepy. (laughs) Um, there's a lot of hazing plays a big part in the movie and that can be a little disturbing. Um, but it's, it's kind of indicative of, of, high school in Texas like I didn't have to undergo hazing thank God but I also didn't go to a big school like they did so yeah um it's interesting to see like I don't know it's just it's just a good movie to watch and um see kind of like this shifting like the upcoming freshmen and how they're like we're gonna be so cool and it's like no really you're you're nothing now you're less than nothing (laughs)
2: Yeah, uh, the, I had the soundtrack. They actually released two soundtracks. They, they released the Dazed and Confused soundtrack, which is a lot of, let me pull it up. I need to pull it up because I can't remember exactly what's on it. has got a lot of, uh, classic, mm-hmm. uh, seventies music on it. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Dazed and, Dazed and Confused soundtrack.
4: Uh, the reason, I think the reason it's classified as a stoner movie, I forgot to mention that part, um, which is such, which is such a like high school righteous stance to yeah. take is the is the high school quarterback I'm thinking or a star football player. They want all the athletes to sign a pledge that they're they're going to be good and not do drugs, not drink, and not go around screwing girls and whatever. Yeah, and he he won't sign it because he's going to do whatever he wants to do. And if he wants to smoke pot, then he can smoke pot. Thank you very much. (laughs) And He's so it's just like, well, um, either you let me play because I can't stress enough how important football is to Texas high schools. Like, yeah, yeah. There's no way to overstress it. So, Really, if a player is good, they kind of hold the cards because if you want your team to win and get all of this recognition and, you know, money coming in, you want to play as best you can. So yeah, if your star quarterback kind of smokes a little pot on the side, but is still throwing, you know, 10 touchdowns a game, who freaking cares? Nobody.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the soundtrack's got, uh, rock and roll hoochie Slow Ride, School's Out, uh, Love Hurts, Cherry Bomb, oh. Low Rider, Tuesday's Gone, Rock and Roll All Night, so Par- Paranoid. And then there were so many songs Paranoid? in that movie. Yeah. There were so many songs in that movie that they actually, a few months later, they released another album called More Music from Dazed and Confused, you know? So, the quintessential and it was high school right right track. Here in what was that, Austin, Virginia? What did you say? I
4: said, And it was filmed right here in Austin, Yeah, Austin, yeah. Texas.
1: Th- this movie is, so I've never seen this movie, but mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about it. And I think, and I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. This is one of those rare movies where the audience loves it and the critics love it. So the audience really? gave it a 90% score, which I'm like, okay, 90% is pretty dang good for an audience score. Mm-hmm. The critics gave it 92%. Wow! Uh, or, or they didn't give it 92. 92% of them gave it a thumbs up, essentially.
2: It came out but. in that perfect time that was right around when American Pie came out. And uh, what's the it one It was that a little had...
4: before American Pie. It, it was in 93. I think American oh, was it Pie 93?
2: was in 93. Like, yeah. 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 American, American Pie, Pie didn't come out until like 97, like 97, 98. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're right. I was thinking it was a little bit later than that. Okay. You know, it yeah. came
1: out just like those, uh, shows like, uh, those classic teen shows like Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brandon, what's the next one on your list?
1: Okay. So this is a TV show that I really enjoyed when it came out and it was a, it was a dumb sci-fi show. It was a dumb network TV sci-fi show. Uh, this show is called Revolution and it was on NBC and it lasted two seasons and Something happens and the power goes out, and I'm a sucker for, I'm a sucker for post-apocalyptic, and then they threw in some sci-fi with it, um, and the, you know this show's been gone forever. So spoiler alert: it was nanobots. Nanobots did it, and <laughs> it was you know, and it, so it's like, how do you rebuild society? And I think that's kind of why I like post-apocalyptic shows is like, okay, what actually gets saved, and what's important to people when society crumbles and when society falls apart. Uh, Luke Perry was a character, a recurring character in there. And, you know, it was just interesting to see because, you know, these are people who had Google and somebody had, uh, and I, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling remembering exactly the nuances of this, but there was a, uh, there was a, so they, they live, they grew up in a world with Google and things like that but then they went back to kind of the dark ages and they had to steam power and everything. Uh, but I want to say there was one guy who figured out how to get an iPod to work. And so he had an old classic iPod with a lot of songs on it, but there were very certain conditions that he could do it. And I, it's been a while since I watched it, but that was, it's just got, it was one of those dumb sci-fi shows that I just, I, I could, I could sit there and I could watch it. And I wish like there was a channel that would just fund it, fund these shows so I could keep seeing these silly stories. Cause Really, that's I. I fully admit there. It's not great, but when it won awards for back then.
2: It was on NBC. So when the Peacock starts to, it'll probably be on there because they'll they'll probably put everything in their catalog. Will probably be populated on that. I, I hope. Think. Yeah. The peacock. I wish
1: they I wish they kept I wish they kept producing it because yeah. they had plans for season three and they and they got canceled. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's the thing about uh network shows even when they're really good, if they don't just do gangbusters as far as numbers, they go away. And some of the stuff that we fall in love with on cable actually survives a lot longer because they don't need as much money to 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 be made. Yeah, and
1: think, well, there reason, are so many st- so many streaming services now, yeah, that if there's if something has a little bit of a cult following, streaming services will buy its buy rights to it so that they can produce it. And get that audience over to their platform.
2: Yeah, and they were also that that show came out at the time when they were still under the assumption that you have to have twenty two episodes to make a season. I'd rather have ten really good episodes than to have ten good episodes and twelve filler episodes. You know?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. You can watch it streaming on IMDb TV. Okay, because I guess that's a thing now too. Yeah, like
2: you're, they've like actually you said. got they've got Brisco County Junior on IMDb TV. So if you want to see that, I
4: still have a League of it. Their Own on there too. Just yeah. the other day, and I'm like, what is this IMDb TV that I apparently need to have so I yeah. can watch a League of Their I think Own? It's
2: free. You have to watch. Uh, you have to watch ads, but oh, know, hmm. because it's it's a free service, so they put ads in there, and and it's like every time every time it goes to a commercial break, you're going to see the same ad, but. You Which know. is
1: interesting because IMDb is owned by Amazon. Yeah. So I don't get why. I mean, I guess Amazon's using them as like the minor leagues to figure out how to do things and experiment with things.
2: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. Rick, what's your next one?
3: Okay. Uh, excuse me. Um, the next one is ostensibly set in Detroit, but was filmed mostly in Texas. Uh, and that is RoboCop. Nah.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm assuming the classic?
3: Yes, the original, not not that. I, okay, I, I watched the new RoboCop, and it's not bad, but if that was the RoboCop that came out 25 years ago, we would not still be talking about it. There would not be a remake. It was just kind of a by-the-numbers. It, it lost everything that the, the the charm of the original RoboCop had. And just kind of went, hey, let's put a guy in a robot suit and have him shoot shit, and that was it. And uh, and it just there was so much more to that movie. Um, I remember when RoboCop came out. I saw the trailers for it, and my my then girlfriend and I at the time we were like, oh my god, are you kidding me? It looked so bad. Um, and then I don't know if you guys remember Siskel and Ebert. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a they, they were two movie critics. Uh, again, we're talking long before the internet. Uh, and they had a TV show and they would re, they would, uh, review four or five movies for each show. And they were notoriously hard to please. And we were watching it and they, they were talking about Robocop and they both gave it a thumbs up and were like, because <laughs> they hate, generally hated genre stuff. And so you know normally we didn't pay attention to what they had to say because most of the movies we wanted to see they wouldn't even bother with but they reviewed RoboCop and reviewed it positively and so we're like well all right let's go see it and it's amazing um but the thing is the thing that that's amazing about RoboCop is not the violence although it is incredibly violent even by today's standards mm-hmm. Uh, especially the scene where Murphy gets, gets killed.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
3: Um, the acting is not necessarily the best. Uh, I, you know, I think you, Sean and John have, have taken me to task because the, the, the woman in the movie whose name I can't remember, uh, I thought she was awful. Um, the special effects were done by Phil Tippett and were as good as they could do with the budget they had in 1983. I think it was '84 something like that. Uh, but again, it's still kind of very Ray Harryhausen stop motion kind of stuff. Um, there's the worst dummy ever when Ronnie Cox gets thrown <laughs> thrown out of the window. Yeah. Um, but the the movie is so much more than the sum of its parts because there is this. Social satire that runs through the whole film that is encompassed by the commercials that they show. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah with the, like the S U X 2000 and the, I'll buy that for a dollar. And the, 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 the Viking toy game that bleeds all over the characters. And, and, or is that an SNL? Am I, am I confusing? Am I getting an SNL routine in there anyway? And there's like, there's like a, a, a Milton Bradley game. That's nuclear warfare. It's just, the movie is so much more than just this story about a dead cop who be, who gets turned into a robot. Um, and it's, it's hard to explain if you haven't seen it, but it's a classic. And when they announced they were doing a remake of it, I was like, all right, I don't think you're going to get it. And they didn't because there is there – is, you have to watch the movie. You have to – I mean, everyone has seen the movie. If you say, "I'll buy that for a dollar," they chuckle and 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 understand it.
2: Yeah, um, I think that gets said on a daily basis you, at my job.
3: But you can't ex- <laughs> you can't explain it to someone. They have to see the movie to get that.
2: Yeah, Sean
1: has plans to become Robocop. It sounds like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not Ed Harris. Oh,
2: no, it's uh Peter it's Peter- Red Peter- Foreman. Red Foreman. Uh, what's his name? No, it, no, he's well, yeah. Uh, um.
3: Red form. Oh Jesus! No, I can't remember his name. He's Kurt in it.
4: something. Yeah, Kurtwood Kurt, Kurt Kurt Smith. Smith. Yeah, there uh, you go.
3: But no, the guy that plays RoboCop is—I always get him confused with Ed Harris because they are look like, almost the same. Um, but he's the cheaper version of it. Oh yeah. Um, P- no, Peter, Murphy. Yeah, yeah, Peter Peter Weller. Yeah, Peter Weller.
0: There you go.
3: Um, if if you haven't seen the original RoboCop, folks, you really owe it to yourselves to watch it. It's don't watch the sequels. I'm sorry, RoboCop Two is terrible, and I didn't even bother with RoboCop Three because he freaking flies. Uh, <laughs> and and even Peter Murphy or uh, Peter Weller went, Nah, I'm not doing this.
2: <laughs> I saw I RoboCop case. Three when I was 15, and I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I also I also used to watch the RoboCop TV series, not the cartoon. They had a cartoon, I watched that too, but they also had yeah. RoboCop the series. You know, I watched that yeah. too.
1: I I remember so this this was one of the first movies that I r- recognized that the TV edit was very different than <laughs> the VHS or the theatrical cut, right? Yeah, uh, I I remember you know because we back in the day we would just record everything off the TV. We wouldn't buy movies. We would rent them sometimes, but it was very my dad was very critical of what we rented, so it was it was always fine. Uh, I remember the first time we rented Princess Mononoke. He thought, "Oh, this will be great because it's a princess movie." (laughs) My little uh, sister—it's one of her favorite films now. But (laughs) it was not a princess movie like my dad was thinking. Um, But no, Robocop was going back to that was one of the was with that film that I watched a ton when I was a kid, and uh, and I, I realized, oh, this is like when I was like, oh yeah, that's great. Let's turn it on Netflix, and I'm like. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I don't remember this. What was the
3: dude getting like uh messed up with acid and then splattered against the car in the in
1: the TV edit? I I don't remember that part. I I mean I'm not I, I don't remember super well, but like uh, naked women and it's just like
0: Bitches, wait a leave. Minute.
1: I did not I did not remember. I did not remember this in, in the version we watched. Then there's a whole generation of kids nowadays who don't get to see the good movies because nobody edits anything anymore. It, it, yeah. it goes to Netflix and Netflix has, unless you're back to the future has uncensored versions of things. So yeah. no, I, I really, I really think that it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see how kids either don't get to see films or kids see the uncensored versions of them. It'll, Times have changed there.
3: Yeah. Ro- Robocop was an R then, and it's an R now. It, uh, <laughs> that that was one that, you know, it's like you, you watch the Rocky Horror Show, and it's got an R rating, and you're like, why? Robocop, oh, yeah. no, you get
2: it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Carlos says that they've got Robocop now in Mortal Kombat. I, I saw that the other day. <laughs> That's hilarious. They'll put everybody in Robocop. They've got Freddy Krueger in Robocop now. I mean, not Robocop, Mortal Kombat. It's Our, the
1: nostalgia play.
2: Yeah. I remember seeing uh, uh, Starship Troopers, and I didn't realize that Verhoeven had directed that. But when I was watching mm. it, and they kept cutting to the news and stuff like that, I was like, you know, this kind of reminds me of Robocop. <laughs> 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 well, that makes sense now. <laughs> so, All right, my next one is uh, No Country for Old Men from 2007. Uh, t- Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, and Josh Brolin. I love this movie. It's, um, it's got aspects of it's a thriller, it's a Western, it's a murder mystery. It's just a really good movie. It's a Cohen Brothers movie, and a lot of times the Coens kind of go on the side of comedy, you know, with it the, when they got raising Arizona and the Big Lebowski and stuff like that. But they've got their drama side, you know, like with this and Fargo and stuff, which Fargo kind of ha- had some comedy and it had, is serious side too, but this is a, this is a really good movie and I never read the book, but I'm told that they made a lot of pretty drastic changes from the book because in the movie, they kind of swap who they're following halfway through the movie and in, in the, in the book, they're following the character that Tommy Lee Jones plays through the entire movie. Well, in the, in the movie, they're following the Josh Brolin character and then kind of shift halfway through the movie who they're following and it's kind of jarring you know but um but other than that it's a good movie i like the way the uh the killer operates which that's a weird statement to say i like the way the, i like the way the killer kills people <laughs> but he he kills people with a like a captive bolt pistol that's attached to an air tank so like like the, what the, like what they kill uh, cows with and stuff and um so he doesn't leave bullets they can't trace him by finding the, the the bullet casings or whatever. And the bodies don't have a bullet for them to pull out because he just pops a bolt into their head and then retracts it back out. And, but, um, yeah, I like that. It was filmed in New Mexico and Texas, um, about half and half, but won some Oscars. I think didn't they win an Oscar? I'm not sure. At least it was nominated. My, my yeah.
1: brother-in-law loved that movie. And, uh, he told me he read the book after watching the movie and he liked the movie's ending better. Cause I guess the book and the movie, like you said, even the endings were different.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's what I'm told. My brother, my brother read the book as well. And I think he liked the book. I think he liked the movie better. But, uh, yeah. Have Virginia, Rick, have y'all seen that movie?
4: A long time ago. I, yeah. I don't remember. I, I get confused a lot with that movie that came out around the same time that had Daniel Day Lewis in it.
2: Oh, there will be blood. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
4: For some reason, I get those two mixed up in my mind a lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think we've got time for one more if we do it quickly because we're at over an hour and I still we're still going to do a little bit of a conversation about Star Trek and before we log out for the night. So, uh, Virginia, what's your what's the last one?
4: My last one is um, if you have. Children, while you're listening to this, maybe cover their ears for just a second, because it's the best little whorehouse in Texas, which is a great movie based on a true event. It has Dolly Parton. I don't know how much better you can get than Dolly Parton. <laughs>
0: the, <laughs>
4: the music is so over the top. The costumes are so over the top. Dom DeLuise as Melvin P. Thorpe is too much. It's amazing. Um, and I, I just, I love that movie so much. And if you're on the fence, you get to see boobs. So maybe that'll convince you one way or the other.
2: <laughs> I can't imagine that a movie that would have the word horror house in the title would have boobs in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just
4: and my favorite, my favorite song out of the whole movie is actually, um, the song that the governor sings because, he's supposed to make the decision about whether to close down the chicken ranch. Anyway, his song is all about saying nothing where he's just skirting the issue and it's called sidestep. So he's dancing. It's It's so good. And Charles Durning does it so good. And everything right down to punching Dom DeLuise in the face was all like based on true events. It's so awesome. And I can't recommend it enough. And that's as short as I can be about it. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) I've worked on the show. I'm I'm checking out I honestly I was I don't know if the movie was based on the play or if the play was based on the movie, but there is a stage. The movie play.
4: was based on the play.
3: It was. Okay.
4: Yes.
3: Um it it's it is yeah, it, it and this was uh Dolly Parton, Burt Reynolds, Dom yeah. Delouise, mm-hmm. Charles Derning, uh Jim Neighbors. Jim Neighbors, yep. Oh, I it, I it's like a who's who way. of seventy stars. Oh god. So <laughs> Um, it 's a great film i 've worked i 've done the show at least once in my career um and uh it it 's just tons of fun i i I cannot agree with you more on this I, I sw- uh, uh sadly it has been so long since i 've seen it i don 't remember like much of the plot but like i you know like I was just singing I remember the songs <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don 't think I ever saw it all the way through. I may have seen like a TV version, but I know we never rented it because my mom was very religious and she would not have let us rent anything that had a whorehouse in the name of it. But um, I
1: don't think that's one that got a TV edit either.
2: Oh, really?
4: No, no.
2: (laughs) Uh, so yeah. And, and by the time I was old enough to be picking my own, my own movies, uh, a Dolly Parton musical was not on my list.
3: (laughs) Oh, Dolly is, is a, uh, oh, I love Dolly Parton. I love Dolly Parton. you know, I, I
4: it, could gush about her all day, every day, for the rest of my life. She's an amazing human being. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. and I am not a country music person at all, but I adore Dolly Parton, and she's she's just, you know, if I were the religious type or the Catholic type, I would think she deserves a sainthood because she's just <laughs> she. I mean, she has done so much for people during just during the the, the COVID thing. She's donated mm-hmm. millions of dollars. To yep. to help people during this this you know terrible time that we're living through, it just be and, and that's not the first time she's done stuff like that. She well, she has someone, that book she has that big, too.
4: That big, yeah, the literacy thing because her father was illiterate, so she wanted to make sure like all of these children would be able to have at least one one book per month or per year. I can't remember, but like free yeah, of charge, yeah. yeah. Send out all of these books to kids so they can learn to read. Like, how awesome is that?
3: Yeah, somebody posted on Facebook a couple of a couple of weeks ago. They were like, you know, Dolly Parton's doing all this and, you know, this this and this and and and, you know, to the world she's a punchline. I don't know what the hell that means because I have never thought of her as anything other than an amazing person. Uh, yeah. And, you know,
2: you know, she's not the, a punchline in the South. No, <laughs> I tell you hell that. no.
3: Maybe, <laughs> no. maybe, yeah, maybe up North she is, but down Coastal here we Little know Beach. that she is.
0: Well, and
4: I love her response to that. When people say, you know, what do you think about all of these dumb blonde jokes? And she's like, well, I don't really care because I know I'm not dumb. I also know I'm not a blonde. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish she would. I wish there was some talk for a while about her showing up in a couple episodes of grace and frankie oh
4: my god i would love that so much it just,
2: yeah it just hasn't <laughs> happened and i don't know if it's just her scheduler because she's she's been doing a lot of stuff for um she's doing a series for netflix and stuff like that now i mean she's not in it well she was in one episode i can't remember the name of it oh that they did a series a one or something
4: right yes
2: where they were like doing dramas based on her songs and uh-huh. it was like a, it was like a, a series of, um it's like an anthology Parton's series.
1: Heartstrings. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I saw a few of those and a couple of them were pretty good. Some of them were kind of not great, but, <laughs> but, uh, she was in the first episode, I think. And, but yeah, if she would show up on Grace and Frankie, that would be perfect.
4: That's <laughs> like the, nine the nine to five, five reunion we together. all need.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what,
2: what, what is Grace and Frankie? Grace and Frankie is a series that has uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin in it.
0: And, oh, really?
2: Yeah, in the fir- so in the first good. season it's in the so first good. season Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda is married to Martin Sheen. Yes. And Lily Tomlin is married to Sam uh um,
4: Waterston. Gaff-
2: yeah. But lot in, order. Yeah, lot in order. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but Waterston and uh and Martin Sheen Mm -hmm. have been having an affair together for years (laughs) and they
1: like they were business partners, like for decades.
2: Yeah. And they, and they finally come out of the closet and leave their wives. Well, their wives kind of become best friends over it Mm -hmm. and they kind of forgive their husbands. So they're there. There's like this huge family dynamic between them and all of their kids and everything. And it's a pretty good show, but, um, but yeah, Dolly Parton it's, would show up on that. It'd be great. What, what's it called? It's,
4: very, it's Grace called Grace and, Grace and Frankie. And, and it's like very four, much like an updated now. sort of, like, I get like an updated Golden Girls vibe from it because they, they go out of their way to be like, we're older women, but we have sex lives. And here's like, they'll put like PSAs for like arthritis kind of thing. They'll just throw in. Well, well, you know um, grace that most accidents happen in the bathroom. So we older women have to be careful when we do these types of things. And I'm like, yeah, like people who are watching this probably need to hear that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it, I it love
1: hilarious because they're polar opposites.
4: Oh, and so totally.
1: Lily Thomas, kind of a hippie isk kind of a person. And Jane Fonda is this primped up, uh, proper woman. And so just, just the combination of their personalities—it's just they're just hilarious together.
2: Yeah, I think it's four or five seasons that they've been—they've—they've they've had. Out got
0: now. to
1: check this out
2: because yeah, I love everybody in the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brandon. What was the? Na- what's the last one on your list?
1: Last one on my list. Uh, let's go with Office Space. Oh yeah. yeah. This was a film back in the day that it, anyone who's worked in an office can just relate to it. Um, just about it, it goes back to that job. Of talking about when we were talking about Christopher Eccleston earlier about having a job that you hate and going there and having the drudgery of that. Um, it's it's one it's another one of those cult classics. I love how they skewered the culture of TGI Fridays without ever mentioning the name TGI yeah. Fridays. Uh <laughs> flair. yeah, the flare, the flair They were so they, they, it was a it's a really smart comedy, and that's you know. A lot of times comedies go for the lowest common denominator joke and, eh, okay, I'll, I'll laugh at it and then I'll feel bad about myself later for laughing at it. Um, but when, when it's written well and you can just chuckle at it, like the scene where they're just going to town on the printer with like the baseball bat.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, somebody
1: who's worked in IT, you know, it's <laughs> it's commonly said, we're going to go office space to this printer. You want to come? <laughs> and so you know it's it's uh, it's funny and uh, an interesting tidbit about this one is the red stapler in that movie. Swingline did not make a red stapler until that movie came out. Yeah, and they made it, and once they made it, it became one of their like top selling products. Yeah, because everyone had to have a red stapler. Yeah,
3: you, I actually knew that, which is kind of weird that I knew that.
2: Yeah, you used to be able to buy one on uh, ThinkGeek.com. If I don't even think that's. I don't think .com is that they don't
3: exist anymore. Yeah, they don't they exist just have anymore. their their physical stores.
2: They were bought by Hot Topic. Ah, that makes sense. Um, oh yeah, I love that movie. Uh, I haven't seen And, it and
3: that, whole, you time, know, but... unlike The Office, I really enjoyed Office Space. I've I've seen it a couple of times and and uh,
2: got a
0: kick
3: out of it. I, Mike, I think
4: everyone it? can relate to the the baseball bat printer. <laughs> Like even even if you've never worked in an office, you can relate to that sentiment. Critics
3: I'm a stagehand. I'm a stagehand, and making s- stuff work <laughs> while an audience is sitting there waiting for it to happen it, I yeah, I've I've wanted to do oh, that yeah. to projectors and sound mixers.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Mike Judge thing too. the same guy that yeah. did Beavis and Butthead and, uh, King of the Hill and all that. Kind oh,
4: of stuff. King of the Hill is another good Texas
0: one.
2: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I didn't even think about that because it's animated. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, but it does take place in Texas. Uh, okay. Rick, what's your last one?
3: All right. Uh, it's kind of a toss up. <laughs> I, I'll throw this out as an honorable mention: uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was actually in the list because the last scene where they all ride off into the sunset was shot in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> That was um, shot
1: everywhere in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and,
3: well, I, I saw Last Crusade, great, and I and you know, and I went to it, and it's like this was shot in here and here and Venice, yeah. and and you know that that building that's cut out of a cliff and and then they're like the very last scene where they all ride off into the sunset is like you know out out in back of a Seven Eleven in texas somewhere.
2: <laughs> i'm surprised it wasn't just filmed in a back lot in la or something <laughs> <laughs> um
3: I, I i'm gonna go with predators okay uh not a great movie not a bad movie um but the interiors were shot in Texas. the, the all of the, the uh soundstage stuff was shot in Texas. Um it's you know, I did not see the new Predator movie. Is that what it was called? The Predator, wasn't it? Um,
2: I haven't I seen it hear, yet either.
3: I didn't hear good things about it. I didn't think Predators was that bad and I was I was glad to see Topher Grace trying to get some some work. Uh you know. Uh, it, it was, it, it wasn't wonderful, but it wasn't bad. Uh, um, that's, uh, who was, who was the guy that was in, uh, in the Matrix movies as Morpheus? Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne was in it, in a
2: surprisingly fun cameo. Um, it's kind of a play off of Apocalypse now, his character.
3: Yeah. In movie. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know, I, I a lot of people gave Predators some crap for just not being terribly good. I don't know what they were expecting <laughs> from a movie called Predators. Uh, you know, it's just like the, the AVP movies. They weren't great films, but they were a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, and I enjoyed
1: them. I just, well, people you know, know what they're getting into when they go to a film like that.
3: You you're supposed, you would imagine that. You know, my only <laughs> problem with the ABP movies was they tried to make you care about the people. I didn't want to care about the people. I just wanted to watch aliens fighting predators, and that was the people. You know,
4: I not mean, even right in, the in the title? <laughs> yeah,
3: it, it's like Godzilla movies where where they spend too much time with the people. I don't care. I just want to watch Godzilla fight another big rubber monster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, Predators wasn't bad. Uh, i I honestly don't remember the plot line because it was irrelevant it was just a bunch of predators uh on the planet and uh and that and that was fine and all of the interior all the soundstage stuff was shot in Texas
0: hmm.
2: and I knew That's, I knew tougher grace was gonna be the bad guy the whole time because yeah to, that was like Topher grace was... In, yeah everything he came out with for a while tougher grace was the bad guy
0: yeah
2: <laughs> you know Um, he ended up, he was in a couple of romantic comedies where he did that. And then he was in Spider-Man three where he did that. And, you know, uh, okay. My last one is a TV show from 2010 that lasted one season called the good guys. Um, it it was a police procedural show that had Bradley Whitford who used to be in, uh, the West wing. And it also had Colin Hanks, who is the son of Tom Hanks. And Whitford plays like this, it's, it's a, it's a police, it's a cop show, but it's a comedy. Um, Whitford plays this old school detective who's been around since the eighties, like his heyday was in the eighties to the point where, you know, he's got a big mustache. He wears sunglasses all the time. And, uh, in the eighties, somebody wrote a script based on him and his partner and they made a movie out of it. So that's his claim to fame. He thinks he's famous because they made a movie about him. He wasn't in the movie, but it was about him. He doesn't realize that the movie is a cult classic because of how bad it is, you know. <laughs>
0: um
2: so he's teamed up with this new partner which is Colin Hanks and he's uh he's like a more by the book kind of cop, so they kind of clash, you know. But it lasted one season. I don't know why, cause I thought it was a great show. I thought it should have, it should have come back, but it didn't. It was hilarious. And yeah. by the way,
1: my power is doing weird stuff again, so I might disappear.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. We're almost through with, uh, this show anyway. We're gonna, we're gonna hang out and talk about Star Trek in just a minute. But, um, but yeah, it took, it took, it took place in Dallas because it was mostly filmed in Dallas, you know, so, uh, so it was good. It's a good show. I don't, have you, you guys never seen it? Never heard I have of it. not. Okay. It's, I don't know if it's, sh- let me, let me, let me look. I'll, l- let me look at Just Watch. If you ever want to know if something is streaming, go to JustWatch.com. They are not a sponsor of the show, but they could be. Um, let's There's see. There's also CanIstreamIt.com is, a, is yeah. one too. Yeah. Let's oh, see. I haven't heard of
4: that
2: one. The Good Guys. The TV show I don't 2010. Yeah. It, it, it was,
1: it was funny. It was a funny show.
2: You can buy season one on Amazon. I don't know if I would pay for it, but but it's a you know, it's a good show. It's out there. Let me ask you guys, have y'all
3: have y'all been watching uh Penny Dread the new Penny Dreadful? I watched the first three episodes. I I haven't I haven't seen the new one yet. Okay.
2: Is it is it worth paying for? You know, I was watching it and I'm enjoying it. I don't know if you're going to enjoy it because it's not any, it, it's nothing like the first one. The first mm-hmm. one is kind of set in, uh, where they're, they're playing off of all these old, uh, Gothic horror tales, like Frankenstein and, and Dracula and, you know, all those old stories and stuff. This one is more, I don't know. It's set in the thirties and it takes place in Los Angeles and it's got a lot of, um, uh, I mean, there's Nazis in it, and it it has a lot to do with Latin culture too, because the uh, the, the the supernatural aspect of it is that there's these uh, these god not gods, but there's these uh, angel there's like an angel and, and a demon that are based off of uh, some Latin beliefs and Catholicism and stuff like that, and they're real, you know, so. Uh, but it's so different from the ori- from the first Penny Dreadful. I wasn't a big fan of the first Penny Dreadful, but I'm enjoying this. But I don't know if you're gonna like it because yes, it's, yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing like the first one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and and like you know, it's on Showtime, so yeah. we'd have to add another subscription. And I'm just kind of like, well, do I subscribe to Showtime or do I wait? till it's over and then watch it on Amazon and pay for, you know, episode, or by episode.
2: you could just, cause it's only going to be 10 episodes. You could wait another month and then just do a free trial of showtime and binge the whole thing. Yeah. Just
1: make yeah. sure you have a lot of different credit cards, debit cards, so that you <laughs> yeah, can do different, different trials for everyone. Yeah, yeah, that,
3: yeah. That's the thing we, we used to subscribe. Well, I, you know, I, I was worried about that, but we, we resubscribed to HBO so we could watch, uh, um, Westworld, Westworld and Watchmen, and we still got a free week. So I guess they're not keeping. Tra- Some of them are not keeping track of that. <laughs> well, they'll so. give you
2: because Showtime and HBO. They, I mean, they give free weekends to cable subscribers all the time. You know, so well, you, which, uh, by
3: the way, and when when uh I, I don't, I'm not going to tip my hat right now too much, but because uh, we'll be talking about this at home con mm-hmm. uh, in June, June, yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I'm going to talk about um, that in just
2: a second. Okay. Go ahead. Uh,
3: I'll be talking a lot about both Watchmen and, uh, Westworld, but I loved them both. Although Westworld, there's some caveats. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, you can get Showtime through Hulu. So it might be cheaper to just. But we don't have Hulu. Oh, you don't have Hulu. I think, Amazon? No. I think you can get it through Amazon too. It might be cheaper okay, for you to yeah. just add it to Amazon than it will be for you to. Get that's that's separate. what we did with HBO. Yeah, yeah. I,
3: I, we used to have Hulu, but then we realized we weren't watching anything on it. Yeah, and so we got rid of
2: it. Well, that's what upload is on. So you might, so you can watch upload on there too. <laughs> yeah. See, I Hulu pissed me off, and I know oh. I'm I you know,
3: I'm I'm old, but it 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 offends me deeply to pay for a service and then have to watch car- commercials.
2: And Hulu was like, well, you can you can pay a little bit more and not watch commercials. Mm-hmm. That's what you do with CBS. You can? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's well, on CBS, yeah.
3: we, with CBS, our, when we first signed up for it, we watched one episode of commercials, and I was like, "F this!"
1: I didn't even <laughs> yeah. get through the yeah. first episode of Star Trek Discovery. I was just like, first commercial break. I was like, no, that's terrible. Yeah, this is upgrade now.
2: now. <laughs> yeah, Hulu. You can pay eleven ninety nine a month, I think, and you get it. With oh, no, really? no commercials? Yeah, we yeah. pay
4: a little extra for no commercials. Did you know you could get Hulu without commercials?
1: <laughs> oh, um, I didn't.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, cable. That's where I watch you,
1: Archer. You pay, you pay for cable and it comes with commercials. What? So. <laughs> Yeah. I did I didn't realize it had a non commercial. I, I feel
4: like we're blowing Rick's mind here.
3: <laughs> I, didn't, I I I was just like, okay, Hulu has commercials.
0: I hate All right.
2: it. <laughs> if you're watch if you're watching the stream, um, or watching the the video of the stream later, uh if you stay tuned in just a minute, we're going to talk about uh Star Trek. If you're not, if you're listening to us on a podcast, we're going to end things right now. So uh <laughs> Brandon, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you?
1: So you can find my stuff over – I host a show called Fandom, which is just a celebration of pop culture and fans. We just look for the good stuff and things. Uh, You can find us at fandompodcast.com. We're part of the Geek Nerd Network, so geeknerdnetwork.com.
2: Okay. That's new, right?
1: Yeah, that's new. It's very new. That's like the second time I've closed on that, including my own show.
2: Oh, okay.
1: It's new.
3: I, right. I tried to find your show, like, a year ago, and yeah. I couldn't. <laughs>
1: fandom. Fandom. The show is called Fandom.
3: Fandom. Fandom. Uh, okay.
1: Fandompodcast.com. I got – it used to be called The Fandom Podcast, but that messed with a lot of search things. It did. And, <laughs> and so I cut out The and Podcast, and it's a little better now. So, <laughs> okay. So it's hard it, – it's going to take forever for me to figure that out, how to say that, though, because I had The Fandom Podcast for six years, and now it's just Fandom.
2: By the way, Carlos says that he saw the first episode of Penny Dreadful, and he said it speaks to him because of the Mexican Latin culture. Yeah, it delves into that a lot. Um, so, uh, okay, Virginia, what about you?
4: Um, you can find me uh, various places around the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network like here or Star Trek All Access. Um, we've kind of put Wait You've Never Seen on hold because my job deals with a lot of healthcare stuff and Shit's really hit the fan with all of that, as I'm sure everybody knows. Anyway, um, in the meantime, you can also follow me on Twitter at Virginia in Texas.
2: All right, and Rick, you
3: can find me usually in the wine aisle at Publix, or <laughs> occasionally next to the hummus uh, cooler. Um, otherwise, go to Star. <laughs> Sorry, I amused myself. Uh, go to StarbaseCommand.net. And you can find all our shows, Starbase 66, Open the Iris, uh, Analyzing Doctor Who, and a few leftover uh, Infinite Diversities. But that show doesn't really seem to be happening anymore. And I've got a couple of new shows that when I finally pull myself out of my cocoon of uh, ennui and existential dread, I will be posting, including uh, the Nexus of the Crisis, which is a Blue Oyster Cult uh, retrospective. With Kennedy Gordon and our brand new show, which I gotta get out because it's awesome and my co-host is amazing. It's called Trekno Babble, where my uh, my dear friend Ellie and I discuss the technical aspects
2: of Star Trek. Hmm. John, you can't watch podcasts. Podcasts are in your ears. <laughs> they, they're in your ear holes.
1: There are such things as video podcasts.
2: Yeah. Most yeah people yeah, don't I, do them though. I've, I've heard that, but I just call those videos. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
1: most people are like, I can pay to host my video podcast on a hosting company or I can go to YouTube or Facebook for free.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. That'll do. It. Oh, I want to talk about at home con for a minute. Um, so June the 25th through the 28th this year. Um, so, a lot of conventions, actually most conventions have been canceled. There's one or two that haven't made official announcements yet, but most of the conventions this year are canceled <laughs> or postponed. Are you making fun of my... No, little John. No, John. Oh, I, hear no, that oh, John. In, I
4: hear that in Cheryl Carroll's voice, John. You're not my supervisor. <laughs>
2: my supervisor? Uh so most of the most of the cons are are canceled or postponed until I think uh, Awesome Con in Washington was postponed until December, uh, but for the most part they're canceled. So there's a lot of people that that go to conventions this time of year that are not getting to go. So we're going to have a convention online where you can tune in over uh, Facebook. We've created a Facebook page. And it's at the you know the at sign at Home con. Search for that, and you'll find us on Facebook. You can also uh, look us up on the Cosmic Potato Facebook page or the uh, Star Trek All Access Facebook page, and you can access it that way. We've we've created an event. There's going to be a lot of uh, panels. If you love going to panels at conventions, we're going to have a lot of that stuff. And we're also going to have a. Co- Brandon, are you still planning on putting together? Yeah, a I'm. I'm,
1: I'm working on getting some. Uh some world championship cosplayers to participate in a cosplay contest.
2: Okay. So So, so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to put together a cosplay contest and uh, we're going to have some game, some uh, panels that are games that we normally do live, but we're going to do them this way. We're going to stream them video streaming over a three day weekend. Well, a four day weekend really um, in at the end of June. And some of them will actually be happening at the same time. So we'll put out a schedule and you'll get to pick which ones you want to take, pl- take part in and which ones you don't. And all the ones that you don't watch live, they'll still be available later that you, and you can go back and watch them. And just to tell you some of the ones that are, that we're going to have, uh, trial by pilot that's on our network. They're going to have a panel, uh, the quantum Leap podcast that, um, Christopher DeFilippus D- is part of. He's going to, they're going to do a panel, of course, Star Trek All Access, Captain Game Show. Uh, Brandon's going to do a few panels with the fandom Podcast, and, um, let's see, Joe, uh, Crow that's on here a lot. His American sci-fi classics is going to do two or three panels. The Alabama ghostbusters are going to do a panel. Um, let's see what World War G is going to do a panel about Batman, the animated series. I'm going to play, um, actually little pot of horrors with Boz is going to be there. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's actually going to do a panel with us on Sunday. And then uh, DC on screen is going to do a podcast. Starbase 66 is going to do a, a live stream. Who the hell are they? <laughs> I think I've and heard of them before. And we're going to have some uh, panels that we haven't quite got names for yet that with uh. uh that's going to be about star Wars. And there's going to be one that's a uh, Marvel based. We're just not exactly sure what the actual topic is going to be yet. So that's going to start on June the 25th. We're going to have a kickoff at 7:30 uh, central time that night with cosmic potato. Um, and then uh trial by pilot is going to do a, a, a panel that night as well. And then Friday, all day long, Saturday, all day long, there will be streams on the, uh, on the group that you can, uh, that you can watch. And then on Sunday, we'll have a couple of panels as well. We'll have like a closing ceremony that day too. So, so I'm looking forward to it. I think that, uh, it's something to do something to satiate your, uh, your con needs a little bit since, uh, we're not able to, and, and, and I'm hoping, you know, maybe, maybe we'll make this an annual thing if it, if it, if it works out, you know, but especially this year when everybody's kind of stuck at home anyway, um, it's something to uh something to get by with. So but other than that, that's it. So um thank you for listening to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Be sure to join us next time when you might hear John say Alderon
4: You're not my supervisor, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: Alderon, more like a piece of planet, am I right? What too soon? <laughs>
1: Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter
2: or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast.